Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church and Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information about Five Stones Church, visit us online at fivestonesga.com. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. We so appreciate you spending time with us, especially this Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday as we celebrate the birth of the church and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that empowered the first century church to be effective. I'm thankful for the opportunity to come before you today. Obviously, today is going to be somewhat different for those of you that are part of our online community. It's different because we're gathering back in the Holden Auditorium for a live personal gathering. That doesn't mean that we're not going to be available to you online. In fact, we're going to continue. We've made great strides through our broadcast equipment in order to stay before you. Uh, Today, I'm just going to apologize up front. You're not going to get the full uh, capturing of of a live gathering because obviously we're still working on some technical difficulties, but we're working those out. We'll have those fixed. Uh, We'll continue to be with you Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, 11 and 7 on Wednesdays. We'll continue to be before you and look forward to seeing what God does right there where you're watching from. Let me say this to you. Those of you that are a part of our online community, I've been overwhelmed by your generosity. You've been so good to take care of our financial needs as a ministry. I want to say thank you. For those of you that have transitioned over and continue to give online, thank you for that. Those of you that that migrated to text to give, I am so appreciative. You've amazed me with your generosity and support. We've been able to advance and continue to move forward uh, with not only equipment but the extent of reaching out to other areas with this ministry, so we appreciate you for doing that. So I ask you to continue to give and continue to obey God. Uh, just because you're at home doesn't mean you're a part of, not a part of our tribe. You're a part of our family. And uh, as long as we're tribing and connecting together, I believe God's got great things that he's going to release in our behalf. So that being said, I want to share with you just a couple moments today, uh, right from the Word of God, I want to encourage you. And uh, it will be brief. I will just say that up front. It's going to be a little shorter. But I want to put something in your spirit uh, so that you capture just my thought from this. And I want to look at Job chapter 1. And uh, I want to read just a couple verses of Scripture in your hearing and uh, share with you a couple things because obviously most of us are well aware of Job's life. In fact, we're well aware of his adversity, his troubles, his trials. In Job chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible begins to give us a a broad stroke picture of the biography of Job. The Bible says in verse number 1 that Job was a blameless, upright man. Blameless and upright who feared God and shunned evil. That's a tremendous testimony, ladies and gentlemen. When you think about a man who was blameless, who was upright, who feared God. See, blameless means perfect. Upright means ethical. The Bible also says he feared God, which means he reverenced God, and he said no to evil. To those of you that may feel like it's impossible to live a blameless life or a perfect life or a righteous life, Job is the picture of of one that stood in the midst of adversity and was able to demonstrate you can live blameless and upright. The Bible continues in verse 8. In verse 8, Satan is allowed permission to begin to sift and to begin to release attack against Job. Verse 8, the Lord said to Satan, you, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth. This is what God says about Job. He said he's blameless, he's upright, and he fears me, and he shuns evil. Can you imagine with me for a moment, that is the resume that God gives to Job. 
That's what God says about Job. Blameless, upright, shuns evil. That's God's view of Job's life. Can I say this to you? God is writing a resume about your life. God is writing about every part of your life. And I want to be one of those that's well-disciplined, one of those that shuns evil, that, that abstains from the appearance of evil. If we've ever in our lifetime needed men and women of God to be blameless and upright, to shun evil, to move away from the appearance of evil, it's in the hour we live. Because right now, the, the, the true picture of righteousness has been cloudy by poor ethics. It's time for you and I, the church, to be the voice in the earth that maintains a right perspective. Now, we all know the story of Job, or at least I'm assuming we do, because when you think about the story of Job, we talk about his loss. Because he had ten children, he lost all of them as the enemy attacked. He had tremendous wealth, and that was attacked. He had tremendous livestock, that was attacked. He had tremendous land and, 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 and had accumulated some things on the earth. And all those things, including his home, was wiped away. What am I saying to you? In the midst of adversity, can you maintain your blameless stature? In the midst of adversity, can you remain upright? In the midst of adversity, can you continue to reverence and fear God? Let me show you how Job did it. I believe it will bless you. Let's look for just a moment at verse 20. Same chapter. Same chapter, Job 1, verse 20. As all of this had befallen him, he is now challenged with the adversity. All hell has broken loose against him. But the Bible says in verse 20, he responds from his character, not his emotion. He responds from his character, from the fiber of who he is, not his emotions. How many of you right now or that are watching me would say you're easily hijacked emotionally? How many of you would say that you're easily caught off by the adversities of life? Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to nail your boots to the promises of God and be unmovable in all adversities. Here's how Job did it. This is what i got to get in your spirit. Verse 20, then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head and fell to the ground. How many would say that is the kind of response most of us would have in the midst of grief and sorrow and adversity and in trauma? You rip your clothes. You're emotionally charged. You, 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 you feel this anguish. The Bible says he tears his robe. He shaves his head. He falls to the ground and then he worshiped. The Bible said he worshiped and said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. He says, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Let me ask you a question. Can you worship God in the midst of adversity? Can you throw your hand to heaven and declare the greatness of God when things are going against you? Because Job articulated how good God was in the midst of, of death and loss and adversity and trauma. The true testament of a believer is their ability to worship when it looks like they should plan a funeral or they should grieve or they should be more remorseful. No, no, no. The Bible says that Job worshiped. God. He began to say, you are a mighty God. You are a long-standing refuge for me. And the Bible says that he begins to worship the Lord. See, you can't worship unless you know God's sovereign. 
Listen to what I'm saying. You can't effectively worship unless you know that God is a sovereign God. That means he's in charge of everything. Because the Bible says that when he begins to worship, he begins to get a perspective that he articulates and releases because he says, naked I came into the world. And the Bible said, he also said, and naked I'll return. See, when you get your worship right, you'll get your perspective right. Listen to what I'm saying. When you get your worship right, it'll alter. It'll help you capture the real essence of who God is. See, you've got to keep your worship. You've got to keep your praise. You've got to keep your shout. You may have been home for the last 10 weeks. You ought to be clapping right now. You may have been home for 10 weeks, but you ought to still be able to say hallelujah and glory to God because your perspective should be altered by your worship. If your worship is right, your perspective is right. Because he says, listen, I know naked I came and naked I'll leave. He said, listen, when I begin to worship and I begin to magnify God, I begin to see things as God sees them. That's what you've got to understand. Your worship releases perspective. But it follows this. Job says this. He says, not only did naked I come and naked I go. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. What's he saying? He said, when I got my worship right, it began to shift my perspective of how I viewed life. And when my perspective of viewing life is shifted, it brings me into a posture of humility. He says, listen, he said, I didn't have any of this. The Lord gave it. He said, the Lord gave it. I didn't create anything. See, when your worship is right and it alters perspective, it will create humility within you where you realize what you lost wasn't yours to start with. There's nothing the enemy can take from you that you created yourself. God had to give it to you. So the Bible says that he says, listen, he says, now I understand the Lord gave it and the Lord has taken it away. He said, I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. How can I bless the Lord? Humility allows you to understand you didn't start this. He does it. He is the creator of everything, so you are a steward of everything. So I really believe that when your worship is right, your perspective becomes molded and transformed to see things like God sees things. And then I believe what happens is it begins to release this humility within you because you can't be mad at God when you understand God gives everything. And so he has this humility, and to me humility makes you teachable. Teachability is lacking in the 21st century. We have a tendency to think we know everything about everything because you have a, a computer or a smartphone so you can Google and, and, and make yourself smart. I'm telling you, there's something you get through the Holy Ghost that you can't get through Google, and that is the wisdom and the insight and the teaching of God, but that requires a submitted heart, and we need some men and women right now in America who have a teachability about them. We have a lot of folks that want to tell you how to do it that have never done it. We need somebody to be teachable. And Job became teachable because he started with worship. When you start with worship, it'll alter perspective, which will usher you into humility, which will begin to release a teachable spirit within you. Now, notice this. i got to tie this together before I get out of here. But look at verse number 22. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God, with wrong. 
Does that not sound like somebody that maintained victory? Because he did not charge God with wrong. He didn't blame God. He didn't accuse God. He didn't get angry at God. He didn't have an attitude with God. He didn't walk around going, God, you're mistreating me. No, he worshiped until his perspective was the view of God over it, until he became uh, broken in his spirit with humility where he realized God gave and God took away, and he became teachable in his spirit to where he said, I can't even blame God for this. What a testimony, because when you have that kind of ultimate victory in your spirit, you cannot blame God for losses. You can't blame God for losses. And so he did not charge God. And if you've ever thought about it, if there was a man on the earth who had every right to accuse God of being uh, mistreating of someone, it would be Job. Because God is the one who allowed Satan to have access. Do you understand that? Satan went before the throne of God and asked for someone to release his torments against. And God says, have you considered Job? God said, if you're going to bring something against my servants, why don't you try Job? Because I got confidence in him. Can I ask a question as I close? Does God have confidence in you? Can God trust you? Because your adversary wants to test you. Can God pull the hedge back knowing you're not going to cave? You're not going to falter. You're not going to become weak. You're not going to falter under the pressure. But you're going to worship in the midst of your hailstorm. You're going to worship God in the midst of your pain. You're going to worship God in the midst of trials and tribulations. In the middle of a pandemic, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to give God praise until I see life like he sees it. My perspective always changes when my worship is right. When your worship's right, you don't see defeat, you see triumph. When your worship's right, you don't see confusion, you see clarity. When your worship is right, you don't see discord, you see unity. When your worship is right, your perspective is right, which shifts your humility to where you are prostrate before God, reverencing God. You're teachable in your season. And then you can stand and say, Lord, I give you the praise. You are my victory in all of it. I challenge you today. I know I'm before you just a few moments, but that's because in a few minutes, I'm going to pray with you, and I want to ask God to do something for you because I really feel like some of you have been challenged in your worship department. Just because we haven't gathered in this auditorium, you feel like maybe your worship's not there. And because we've not been able to air live worship before you with our great worship team and worship leaders and all the the depth of anointing that they carry, just because we haven't presented that to you, your worship should never diminish. Sometimes you got to be your own worship leader. Sometimes you got to be your own choir director. Sometimes you just got to turn off all the other nonsense in your life and begin to give God praise. You don't have to be a Grammy singer. You don't have to be one on the platform to lift your voice and bring praise to God. Get your worship right, even in your trauma. Get your worship right. Right there where you're at and what you're going through, don't let the enemy get your worship. He can take the things that don't matter. He can take the temporal things. He can take the carnal things. He can take the things of substance in your natural world, but don't ever let him get his hand on your worship. Don't ever let him have the privilege of stealing your praise or your hallelujah. If you're going to maintain anything, ladies and gentlemen, maintain your praise because it's your praise 
that shifts your perspective, that really begins to release the humility that God wants. And it begins to bring you into a posture of teachability to where you can say, Lord, I can't even charge you for this. I'm just going to give you glory, which is ultimate victory. For 42 chapters, for 42 chapters in the book of Job, we hear about Job, struggle, 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 till you get to Job chapter 42. And then God gave everything back to Job double. Can I tell you something? If you keep your worship right, he's the God of the double. If you get your worship right, the perspective will be right, and you won't walk around in scarcity or lack or limitation. Your perspective will be, I'm believing God for the double. Somebody needs to hear me right there. you got to believe God for the double. You ought to praise like you believe in God for the double. I'm going to preach like I'm believing God for the double. And see, when my perspective is right, my humility is intact, and I'm beginning to operate in teachability, then God says, I can trust you with double. I believe God's the God of the double. But he's going, to, he's going to move through your tragedy, through your struggle, and through your pain to release the double in your life. Keep your worship. Allow it to fix your perspective. Allow it to produce humility. Allow it to produce a teachable spirit within you. And he's going to release ultimate victory with double fold. Thank you for tuning in today. I'll be right back here Wednesday night. And look, I promise you. We'll be back to being able to broadcast a whole lot more of our gatherings, and we're going to be able to do it in a way that you're going to be proud of it because all the technology and all the equipment that you've helped us buy, we're just a few days away from having it all functional. Be patient with us just a little bit more, and then we'll be able to open up the platform, and you'll be able to be a part of our worship gathering and the anointing that flows through that, and you'll be a part of this, this environment right here at Five Stones. So those of you that are my online community, don't get discouraged today because we're going to get stronger every single week. I want you to stay connected with us. Make sure you tell us how you're seeing and watching us, whatever platform that is and wherever you're watching us from. I will encourage you, consider becoming a, an online community. Become a, a host party where we can begin to, to, to send this message right there into your community. I want to win your community to Jesus Christ. I believe there's something in the anointing of the Holy Ghost that comes out of this auditorium that can transcend your community and your subdivision. So go online at fivestonesga.com and consider becoming a host family. You can host Five Stones right there in your community and you can begin to invite your friends and your family on Sunday mornings right into your living room. Give them a cookie and tell them to sit down. We're about to get into the presence of God and watch his anointing transcend and change lives. And you can pray with them and agree with them. Who knows what God might do through the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost because these are not our least of days. These are our greatest of days. Let me pray with you right now before I say goodbye. Father, I thank you and praise you. First of all, God, I thank you for the authenticity of this word. I thank you for Job who modeled and demonstrated character over emotion. I thank you for his testimony. I thank you that we can stand on it today and it can encourage us. I ask your blessings upon every man and woman, boy and girl who's tuned in today to be a part of this, this gathering. I thank you for the faithfulness of those that have helped us through financial support to make this ministry happen. I pray, God, that we never lose our worship that we maintain a heart of true worship. 
I pray, God, that you will release an anointing right there in that home, that you will touch and inspire and encourage people. Lord, those that are sick, I call them healed in Jesus' name. Those that are wayward and lost who have got off course, I call them back in alignment through confession and repentance that they might know that you are the Lord of lords and King of kings. I pray your blessings over us. I pray you keep us. May you guide and direct us, and may your spirit strive with us and undergird us. Until we gather again, I ask your blessings over everybody online in Jesus' name. Name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. I love you. I'll be right back here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Don't miss out on it. And I promise you, the best days are ahead. Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church. For more information, current events, and the latest news, connect with us online at fivestonesga.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Stones GA. We would love for you to be a part of a service here live. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here at 1358 Sixes Road in Canton, Georgia. Thank you again for partnering with us as we empower people and invade the culture.